All right, friends. So this season is all about a deep dive into food and the kitchen. And of course, we've talked about the kitchen probably more than any other topic here on the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. But this season, I feel like is a little bit extra special because we are taking some of these whole food, real food topics and getting very, very actionable and nitty gritty with these. And one of them that has been a topic I've I've talked about a little in the past, but I kind of end up skirting over it or kind of giving more overviews versus like really in-depth information is the topic of meal planning. A lot of you ask me this. A lot of you are trying to figure out how you meal plan or menu plan with Whole Foods, and it can be a little bit intimidating. So I am so excited for my guest today. You probably know her already. It's Lisa Bass from Farmhouse on Boone. And of anyone I know, she is a legit real deal from scratch, stay at home, homesteading mom, cook. And I'm really excited for this conversation. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. We were just chatting before that we've been trying to get on each other's podcasts for a long time and finally making it happen today. Finally. And we are actually going to record an episode for Lisa's podcast right after we get done recording this one. So I I think they'll probably publish in the same window. I'm not sure what your schedule is, but for those of you who we're talking menu planning and then for this one, and we'll talk on a different topic for Lisa's. So be sure to go check out kind of like the dual episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Lisa, give those who aren't familiar with you and your story, kind of a little bit of a background. Like I, you have a bunch of kids, kind of what's your your story? <laughs> yeah, I have one right here who's snoring into the microphone, but that's how all my episodes are. So yeah. yeah, we just moved to a little homestead on seven acres about three years ago from a quarter acre in town. We have the farmhouse, the dairy cow and everything. And we have seven kids. So uh, two girls and five boys. And we're just figuring it out along the way. I've been doing the from scratch cooking and sort of like homestead cooking for 10 years at least now. Actually more like 13. I forget how old my oldest child is. Teenager. But (laughs) it's only been recently that we've actually lived on a homestead where I could actually get the ingredients from from our own property. So before I was sourcing raw milk from local farms and finding local farms for meat, which is still what we do. And now we're able to have a little bit more control over that. But yeah, that's that's our story in a nutshell. I know our topic's meal planning, but I want to take a little bit of a rabbit trail because with something you just said, you were cooking like a farm wife, basically, or a yeah. homesteader <laughs> when you lived in town. And I think that's really important because a lot of people get really hung up on this idea. Oh, I don't have a homestead, so I'm just going to shop at all the conventional grocery stores. Not that I still don't do that sometimes, but... Yeah. For How did you make, like, what was your big strategy? Did you just seek out like the local farmers, like with the milk? Did you do farmer's markets? What was your, what did that look like grocery shopping? So for the, for the milk, we first found a local farm. They, we were with them for a few years and then they ended up stopping selling because that's a lot of work to sell raw milk, as you know. It is. Um, yeah. And then we found another farm that we actually had to travel a little bit further to, but like I tell people, it's totally worth it. We had to drive a half hour versus before it was right in our own town, which was just miraculous, but it was still totally worth it. We still went and got milk every single week for the last 12 years. We found, I found a farmer in the area that I could buy a whole cow from and I just would meet him like halfway. He had several customers that he met in a certain area. Same for pork, chicken. It's all different sources, but they're worth seeking out. Like you said, you can definitely cook like a farm wife without the farm. 
I started my blog, which is all about basically from scratch cooking, old fashioned things six years ago. And I called it Farmhouse on Boone, but the whole time we were living in a house on Boone Street in town. So you can totally achieve all of that without having a prairie 60 something acres or whatever yes. completely without. Yeah. It's reachable. You And you were living that so authentically that I'm sure this is the case for a lot of folks. I thought you lived in the country forever. Like when you're like, we're moving to buy to, to a farm. I'm like, you already live on a farm. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. And the farm like that it, we bought it, still not really. I mean, it's only seven acres, but yeah. um yeah, we were coming from a quarter acre. Now, I did grow up, like, opposite of you. I actually grew up on a huge farm, and then I lived in town and felt like a fish out of water. So it was just the goal. It just took a little time to save up enough money and find the right place for us. But I definitely didn't feel like I belonged in town, so I guess that's why I did that. Like, I so naturally was like, well, clearly I have to at least pretend like I live on a farm. Not, like, pretend, like, pass yeah. it off like I do, but, like, in the way that I live my life. Right. It was authentic to you. It wasn't like, I didn't feel like poser at all ever. Like it was always like, no, this is what she's doing. This is legit. Um, it just, you made it work in your situation. Yeah. That was what you had at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was 100%. pretty interesting. Cause we lived right next door to a public park, which I don't think a lot of people knew. So I would be out there in my apron in my garden and like literally right there, there's a, like, I mean, 10 feet from me is a paved walking path and people would be out there with their dogs. I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm just out here living my farm life. <laughs> living the farm life. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Um, okay, so this topic of meal planning has been kind of a thorn in my side forever. I have always thought I should do it better slash different. Um, a lot of people assume, and I'm very bold in telling people like, I don't do this to grand aspirations, but a lot of people assume that people like you and I are like the people with like meal planner book booklets and schedulers and giant whiteboards that we wipe off and decorate all the time with all our menu plans. I know for me, I just have never been able to f get that intricate. What does this look like for you? Honestly, it's the same. And I feel like the moment that I decided that it was okay for my philosophy on it to be different than the whiteboard, Pinterest recipes, meal planning, that I actually was able to figure out a system and routines that work for us. So I have a routine. I'm sure you're the same way. I have the kind of things I cook, the things that I know how to cook, and how to have them ready for me to make them on a whim. That's kind of my key, is having things ready to cook quickly at all times, even if I don't plan. And this is coming from somebody who has two meal plan ebooks, or not ebooks. Well, they are ebooks, but you can print them out. And those are for people who this works for. So for some people, they feel completely better about that. That's how they go into their week with confidence. But like me, I printed off my meal plan books and I use them just for the recipes because I cannot be married to a particular exact schedule. Absolutely. And I think that that's a good point about the personalities. Like there are some people, it's not that it's wrong to go more intricate or go more Pinteresty there's just different personalities right. in play here. And some people will rock the detailed meal planners, you know, like the calendars or whatever. And other people, like, it's almost like it, it makes me less efficient or I spend more time planning all the details and then I actually don't follow it. And it's just like a big waste of waste of time anyway. So yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What is your routine? Like you mentioned a routine, what just kind of give us a bird's eye view of that. So the first aspect of the routine that I find very critical is to have the 
basic part of the meal. So like if it's a meat base, which we eat meat in our family, having meat thawed out in the refrigerator. So having a nine by 13 dish sitting in the refrigerator at the beginning of the week or whenever you think about it, because I'm also not even that organized to be like every Monday at 8am, I get out all my meat. It's just kind of like that thing's getting kind of low. It's time to put some more meat into it. Getting that out of the deep freeze, putting it in there to thaw out. Then you're always really close to having a meal on the table. If you have burger thawing, or even like today I had some uh, deer meat in there thawing. It was already thawed because I had it in there from like three days ago, chopped it up and then made a a beef stew or a deer stew. But having those kind of things on hand, um, having meat thawed out is like number one. And then another tip is to always have quick cooking staples on hand. So like you always need to have basics like potatoes, carrots, celery, garlic, onions. You'll find out what you need to stock so that you can make basically anything. And then things like sauerkraut, having a refrigerator full of maybe, you know, a gallon and a half of sauerkraut, that's always a side that you can have. No matter how behind you're running that day, you can get that out, serve it with a meal. That's one side checked off the list. So keeping everything stocked, making sure there's meat thought out, keeping things like canned salmon or lots of eggs in the refrigerator means you're always, you know, 10 minutes from a from scratch meal, no matter how much you failed to plan or didn't. Yeah, I, I love that. So you're, you're stocking staples. Like, I think, I feel like when people get into the homestead style cooking, one of the first things that happens is they get their grocery store trips are less like food and more ingredients. So you're saying having that baseline of ingredients and being coming, getting comfortable with what that looks like for you is kind of one of your secret weapons. Yeah. And then also just, this does come with time. So Jill and I both, we both, we've both been cooking for over a decade. And so once you get that level of comfort with how to make, like, what do I do with a hunk of deer meat? I don't even know what cut this is. It just came off the deer and it's been in the freezer, but knowing that what it'll turn into whenever you season it with salt and pepper and add some herbs and cook it in a little bit of butter and then maybe deglaze the pan with a little bit of those cooking skills that that you get really comfortable with will make it to where you can always come up with something. You can look in the refrigerator and see a meal versus seeing just ingredients. And maybe for a few years before you get really comfortable with this, maybe you do have to just completely follow recipes, but with the goal of, okay, eventually this is going to be so second nature to me that I won't have to read all of these detailed prep instructions and what goes with what herb goes with this meat and what goes with this. You will just know that intuitively. Yes, totally. Um, it is a process. What are your favorite, do you have any resources or cookbooks? Cause I sometimes really struggle with the way that you and I cook pretty similar. I think it's hard to find recipe books, even those that are marketed for quick mom meals or stay, you know, like, weeknight dinners, like a lot of them just don't fit how we eat. Do you have any books that you really enjoy? Well, I love your cookbook, obviously. Oh, I, it wasn't, <laughs> I know, that was not I know. a setup, I promise. I know, I know it wasn't, but that if I was on any podcast, I would have said that because it's the only one I can really think of. Um, I have a few, like I have, I have your book. I have the Einkorn cookbook where there's a whole bunch of, you know, Einkorn staple recipes so that you know how to make everything from a basic bread to biscuits. I like recipes that are very basic. So I don't like it if it's like 
one cup and one eighth of a teaspoon of flour, you know, just like give me the basic. It's going to turn out. I know it, it'll, the marginal difference that it's going to have between, you know, adding this one little ingredient or step is just not enough for somebody like me to actually, you know, follow through on. Um, you know, most recipes come from blogs and online resources. I don't, I don't go to cookbooks too often, but that's just because, again, with the amount of time that I have in the kitchen, I'm pretty much just throwing things together and just hoping it turns out. And it, it usually, it's always edible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there is just that level of familiarity that you can't, it just takes time. I don't think you can, you can start with good books and good recipes. You just have to put in the time and become comfortable. There's just a difference um, watching someone cook who's, you know, a newbie versus someone who's experienced. There's just that element you can't, you can't duplicate unless you've just done it. Yeah, exactly. And once you become really comfortable with it, this all is just so much easier. And what I like about the non-meal planning approach is you have the flexibility to do things that are seasonal. So whenever you're making, say like, like I have a recipe that I, I call it my uh, um, sourdough skillet. And so the part of the, like the filling is just whatever meat you have, whatever veggies you have, whatever herbs you have, salt, pepper, butter. And then there's always this topping that goes on it and you bake it, but you can make it a million different ways. If it's summertime and you have every herb known to man, and fresh tomatoes, you add all of that kind of stuff. If it's winter, maybe it's more meat-based because that's all that's really available in potatoes and root vegetables. I feel like whenever I was trying to meal plan, I ended up buying things out of season. I ended up with stuff that I didn't use. So I would buy like fish sauce and then I used fish sauce, like a teaspoon of it. And then there's a refrigerator full of all Why is all the recipes call for fish sauce? I know. I don't use fish sauce. So just figure out these basic things. Like I always say that when my grandma, my grandma had 14 kids, when she was a a young mom caring for a bunch of little ones, I don't think she wasted a whole lot of time trying to switch it up. And, you know, tonight we're going to have this paleo coconut tortillas. I don't even know. She just had good fresh ingredients and knew how to highlight them. She knew how to, she was, my dad says that she went out and she chopped the head off the chicken and made fresh fried chicken in a pie and homemade bread, you know, just those basic things she really mastered. And my dad and his siblings, they also remember that. They're like, oh, grandma's bread. I wish one of you girls would make bread as good as her because she's long since passed away. And you know, but she knew how to master just the staples and put good, wholesome food on the table without having to worry about her whiteboard and her clipboard and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Amen. So you mentioned switching it up. Do you, would you say you kind of have like a core set of meals that you just rotate through or like how, how many would you say is in your repertoire? I mean, roughly. Yeah. Um, I think that with adding like seasonal things here and there, it's kind of just a meal idea and then it changes a lot, but I don't know, maybe like 30. And what I do a lot of times, just not just by accident, is I'll try something, it's really good, then I'll make it like 20 times in a month and then all of a sudden I'm on to something else. So that happens to me all the time. Like right now, I've been making this cream and tomato-based pasta sauce. I just tried it one time. I sauteed some meat, added in some salt, pepper, herbs, cream. And then I added in a can of fire roasted tomatoes. And now that's like the only thing I want to eat ever, but I'll get sick of it. My family will get sick of it. And then we'll be on to some other new thing that I discover. So yeah. 
so yeah, I think it's not, I mean, my family gets tired of things as well, but there are some things that like we repeat, I mean, breakfast for dinner comes up a lot yes. here. I think we're doing that tonight. Yeah. Tacos come up a lot. Yeah. Oh, tacos you are know, like, yeah, those tacos. happen way too much. I abuse the whole taco yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's always tacos. Yes. Um, and even just like pasta dishes. So I feel like, um, a ro- rotation is important, but maybe not as much as people think where it's like, it can come on more than once every six months. Well, and like, sure. like with tacos. So we'll do ground beef tacos. We'll get sick of that for a while. And then all of a sudden I will change it up to where I'm cutting up steaks and we're doing that for tacos or we're doing chicken or we're switching up the herb that goes in it or the sauce. So, you know, even that can be flexible and you can, but ultimately just getting good food, the basics where you know how to season it properly and add the fat I think that's the goal. Amen. Yes. So are you doing, um, like, do you cook something new? How do I, how do I phrase this? Like three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like, or how does, cause I know for me, I have kind of a dinner is my main focus or supper, supper, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call it. And then breakfast, I kind of fudge a little bit and lunch is usually like mm, leftovers or whatever you can find. So what does that look like for you? Okay. So breakfast is, I would say six out of seven days, eggs and kefir smoothies. I would like to say that, you know, we always have sourdough English muffins with it, but we really don't most of the time. I do sourdough pancakes and crepes, but again, that's probably one day out of the week that that happens. So yeah, that is just always the same. We've been making a gallon of kefir every other day for 10 years. It's It's just in our routine. And then- Lunch and dinner or dinner and supper, however you want to call it, it is the exact same. Like I treat them the exact same. So either we'll have the big meal at lunch and then we'll eat leftovers from another night or that day at dinner or vice versa. Since we're all home, since we homeschool, we work from home like you guys, it's just, it's, they're like the same meal to me. And sometimes I'll have more time in the afternoon. So it'll be a bigger, better dinner or sometimes I'll have a little bit more time in the morning, depending on if Luke or I, whoever's doing more of the homeschool that day, uh, and I'll spend more time then. But yeah, they're pretty interchangeable. And in my perfect world, we always have tons of leftovers, but sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But we definitely always eat the leftovers. Same. Yeah, when people are like, we don't eat leftovers in my house, I'm like, how, what are you doing? Yeah, not only that, <laughs> I mean, if go? you're the one who's <laughs> doing... Oh, buddy. Uh, yeah. the cooking. <laughs> okay. No worries. But yeah, if you're spending all this time yeah. cooking, you're definitely yeah. going to want to eat the leftovers. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Although I'm sure you've experienced this too. As my kids have gotten older, Christian and I are like, we don't have the leftovers like we used to. So I'm, I'm learning to make more, yeah. even though I have the same number of children, yeah, getting, getting older bigger. and eating a lot. Well, yeah. Like I to. used to make one pizza and then two pizzas and then three. And now I make four pizzas whenever we make sourdough pizza. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, which happened last yeah, night. It changes. Yeah. And I was watching your story about your uh, your new stove or your new oven and how you said it doesn't have mm-hmm. as much baking c- capacity. My oven's the same. I have a vintage oven and people assume that both doors oh. is an oven. It's not. It's only one side. Yeah. And you do find like workarounds. So with, with the, okay, that's good yeah, like know. with my pizzas, I put sourdough starter on a hot cast iron skillet and then I add like just oil and salt. So what I'll do is before okay. I start making pizzas, I'll throw all the skillets in the oven. They don't fit. They're just stacked. And then I just okay. kind of, as I'm putting toppings on one, one's baking and they're, I feel like it's just as fast as if they could have all fit in there because there's so much time of okay. like adding the toppings. Yeah. 
Anyways, you'll find workarounds. I bet my oven's even That's, smaller than yours because it's it's little. That makes me feel better because I was like, what when what I came, I I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> that was like the dumbest thing I've ever done. For those of you who aren't sure what we're talking about, I did a Instagram live. Um, I got a new stove. It's uh, an Ilvi brand and it's from Italy and it's beautiful. It looks like a gorgeous vintage vibe. And I waited eight months for it to get here and it got here and it's the same footprint. It's a 30 inch, which is the same as what I had before, but the interior is drastically smaller. And I didn't think to look of the dimensions because yeah, sort of I figured all 30 inch would... stoves. Yeah. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> right. They're not. This is like an easy bake oven. Oh. So I'm like <laughs> secretly panicking like... Like I can fit my five quart Dutch oven in there with the lid on, but I have to take the rack. I do out, too which is, on mine. You know, you have to I do, do that too. Okay. But I did discover at Thanksgiving that I can put the uh, cast iron Dutch oven directly on the bottom if I'm making something like a turkey, something that won't burn mm. on the bottom, and then I can fit in yeah. another rack. So that is not a on a rack, trick. just in okay. it. And so really. People might be like, well, she's just really trying to justify her pretty oven. Partially, yes, but also it really isn't that inconvenient. Yes. <laughs> like, it really isn't. I found okay. workarounds to where it's more worth it to me to have my pretty oven, to be honest. It's a workhorse. I mean, I use it constantly. Yeah. I cook so much. Oh, and it's, all the time. It's really fine. Like, I, I have no desire to, to, to trade it at this point, so... Anyways, that's a side note. That's good to know. I do feel like I was like uh, kind of vain with this oven. Like, no, I think it's, it's worth not it. super functional, but it's so beautiful. I'm going to keep it. But I mean, yeah, you do work around. Yeah. Um, and I love the cast iron skillet pizza idea. I'm going to definitely. Yeah, that. that's a that's staple in our house. So another tip for quick cooking things is to keep large amounts of sourdough starter. So whether it's in the fridge, on pause or on your counter, I don't put my starter away without it having at least five or six cups because I can dish right out of it for making pizza crust, for making uh, pancakes, crepes. So that, I don't know, that's another one of my tricks. Like it doesn't get put away with yeah. like a half a cup of starter. Yes. I think sourdough is good for, it kind of forces you to get, I don't know, whenever I have my starter going, I feel like I have more ideas because I'm like, oh, I got to use this. I got, I need to use this and this is available. So yeah. Um, what does your bread situation look like? Are you making all, like all of your family's bread sourdough or how does that work? I am. I, I, we don't buy bread. I mean, sometimes like if we're going on like a picnic, I'll stop by and get some bread. But for the most part, um, we don't buy any bread, but we don't always have it either. And I actually wrote this as a tip when I was thinking about this episode. I think getting into routines is really important. So this is, this is what me wants to do. Um, every day, say after lunch, I get my sourdough bread going and then before bed, put it in the fridge and then bake it the next morning. And if you did that every day, and it would really, it would take probably, what, 20 minutes to throw together a bread dough? And then it just sits yeah. there and then you put it in the fridge that night? It wouldn't be hard. I do that often, but I would like to get it to where that's a routine that you do every day. Just like when you're cleaning up the lunch dishes, you throw together that bread dough. But yeah, in, in reality, we just don't always have bread. But when we do, it's because I made it. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I, I've thought that as well. If I could just get no yeah, routine like, <laughs> and it doesn't always happen, but it would be like, this could, this takes minutes. It's not yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. If you just, yeah, if you just the, had the routine the of this certain time every day, when you throw together your bread dough, you would always have it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And are you doing all einkorn flour or are you going back and forth with regular flour? So with your I go back and forth. I 
have fed my sourdough starter exclusively unbleached all purpose, exclusively einkorn, exclusively whole wheat. Right now I'm on all einkorn kick and I actually have found a bread situation with einkorn that works really well now. And so now I'm like, okay, I think this is it. I think this is my everyday bread now. Yep. And it's so easy too. Good. That takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while to find that one that really works for you. But yeah, I think I'm there with my einkorn. Yes, it does. And I finally got the mock mill. Do you have the mock mill? Nutramill? Okay. Well, anyways, the yeah. one that I got, because I know at one point I think you got rid of one of yours. This one sits out on the counter, and that's the game changer, whether it's whatever brand it is. Keeping one that's out on the counter has completely just the act of having to get the mill out was enough to completely stop me from doing it every day. Yes. Agree. Yeah. It's funny, those little things. And I think maybe as cooks, home cooks, it's wise to examine what are those little roadblocks yeah. that are stopping us? Because sometimes it's just the silliest mental, you know, I don't want to get the thing out of the cabinet, but that can make a big well, yeah, difference. Yeah. When you're a lot of times as moms, there's at least four things in queue in my brain that need to be done. Yeah. And if one of them is get the <laughs> yes. mill out... <laughs> I'm like, okay, pick up that sog. It feels take very that hard. Off the counter, like take that hard. child to the bathroom. Yeah, if there's just this one roadblock, like you said, that's going to be enough from stopping me. Yeah. Yes, I agree. So, what is like? Do you ever have these days? I'm assuming you do. Um, like, so today, like I, I try to have my meat, like like you thought, put in the fridge and thawing, or in the in the warm bowl of water thawing ahead of time. Today, time got away from me. I was trying to get ready for this podcast and it was like lunchtime and I'm like, I have nothing thawed and I have no ideas. Like, what do you do in those situations? One of them obviously is eggs. Like you said, breakfast for dinner. If you have a lot of sourdough starter and eggs, you're really close to pancakes and eggs. Also, bacon thaws really fast out of the freezer. So then you could throw that in as well. Another is uh ground any ground meat thaws so fast and then also i'll put it in my cast iron dutch oven frozen with a little bit of water and the lid on then that thaws it really quickly and then another favorite of mine is salmon patties so I'll, i keep canned salmon and just mix it up mm. with some eggs and a little bit of flour and salt pepper and then just fry them in oil that's really quick so yeah those are my typical yeah ways to get out of that situation. Yep. Those are my emergency things. Lots of ground meat in the freezer really helps too. I agree. Yeah. I'm always like without, if, when all else fails, just grab some. Yeah. Ground sausage, ground ground beef. Yeah. Ground. We have ground elk right now. Anything ground Mm -hmm. is the way to go when you're a busy mom. Absolutely. Do you use many, like kind of the, the modern time saver appliances, a slow cooker, instant pot, are those part of your routine? The at instant all? pot, yes. I don't really use it anymore for like cooking a whole chicken. Sometimes if I'm really low on time, but then again, it takes like two hours to come to pressure and then cook a whole chicken, even if it's frozen. Yeah. I like it for bone broth and yogurt. And then I also do like it for a roast. So whenever we're using roast for tacos, I'll put the roast in the Instant Pot with a little bit of water, cook it for like an hour, and then shred it up, add taco seasoning, and that's a really good way for me to use roast. So that's typically the only way. And then hard-boiled eggs, like you. I like that for the fresh. Oh, yes. Yeah. The best for that. So I don't I don't have a slow cooker or an air fryer or anything, just pretty much the Instant Pot's my, my one convenience thing that I love. Yeah. Yes. I haven't had much luck. It's been a while with a roast in the Instant okay. Pot. 
I mean, I think I tried, you, do you remember when the Instant Pots first came out and people were like, you can cook a solid frozen roast to like ready for the oh. table in like this ridiculously short time. And I tried it and it was Okay, horrible. I've never done it from so frozen. So that could okay. be. Okay. I think maybe that's maybe not. not. I do the saute it's function and I sear it in butter. And then I forgot that step. And then I add the water and it's, it's perfect every time. It's very like pull apart. Very good for okay. tacos. That's good to know. I think, yeah, I think the frozen part. Got yeah, that, that is not, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have the Instant Pot right away. So maybe I missed that trend. But I have done it with chicken. It's not as good. Cooking chicken mm. in the Instant Pot versus baking, it's not near as good. You should only do it if you're in a pinch. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I know there was such a trend. Like, there was all the Instant Pot groups, and people were like, I'm doing these, like, outrageous yeah. things in the Instant Yeah, just because Pot. you they can. Like, oh, who could get the craziest? I can I'm make like, a cake in the Instant Pot. You can, it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> There's better vessels for cake <laughs> like, in Frozen. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there is. Yep. Yeah, the whole cheesecake Instant exactly. Pot. I'm like, just, just use, use your Just oven. use the spring form pan. It's fine. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, I had another question. Where did I write it down? Oh, do you ever do like it's super popular on Pinterest, especially like freezer days, make ahead days. Do you ever go crazy like a you know a week at a time or a month at a time and make a whole bunch of stuff? Ahead? I've done it twice, <laughs> ever, <laughs> and I've found ways to make it more profitable for sure. Like there are certain things you just okay. shouldn't do on one of those days because I've done it to where I've spent the entire day making like five breakfasts, but there's certain things that work really well. Like if you just do like the wild rice soup and you put the raw chicken, the spices, the rice, and you don't have to pre-cook something, you can get it done pretty quickly. It's not as good for sure. But for busy life seasons, I can see how it would be sort of a draw. My sister's better at this than me. She made an entire, what'd she make? 30 meals in one day, which I was very impressed because I've never done that. I can't, I just can't get that done. Yeah. Yeah. I've struggled with that too. I've always, I like the idea of it. It's appealing to me. And I I see the pictures with people, like they have all their food laid out after their freezer day. And I'm just like, that is the neatest thing I've ever seen. But I don't know the one I tried it one season, we were doing um, classical Mm -hmm. conversations. We just, we don't do it anymore, but we did it for a while. And so whenever we get home from town on the co-op days, I just never ha- had time to cook. And so I'm like, I'm going to do a meal, you know, 30 meals and just have them done for this whole semester. And it was kind of like you said, like I tried to stick with recipes. I didn't have a ton of prep work before they went into the freezer, but it just didn't taste as good. Like the, my family was like, just not, not super impressed with the final yeah. result. So it's just, it's a Well, fine there's line. certain techniques like searing meat and, bringing out the flavor of vegetables with a little bit of butter before you add the liquid. And you can't do those things whenever you do the the freezer prep. So yeah, it's kind of one of those, yeah, you can eat. It's edible for sure, but it's definitely not highlighting everything that the ingredients really have to offer. Totally. Yeah. Things get muddy (laughs) in the freezer, I think sometimes. Yeah. Um, Do you have any like deep, dark secrets here. Do you have any convenience foods or maybe what you would consider a convenience food that you lean on on occasion? Yes. Or are you like strictly whole food? Yes. So canned tomatoes. We buy so many canned. I was actually on my last podcast guest. She was telling me how much tomatoes they can. And I'm like, that would be smart because we buy 
pasta sauce, canned tomatoes, tomato sauce, tomato paste, all that kind of stuff. Um, I brought granola, which I keep telling myself, I have a wonderful granola recipe on my blog that I love, but it's my little before bed, like the kids are all asleep. I have a stash and I have my raw yeah. milk and I sit in my bed and I eat it and I love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Corn tortillas. We have all, I yeah. like to make tortillas, but I prefer to not make tortillas. So we buy those. Um, I buy tortilla chips pretty often. Yeah, those are those are probably about it. I buy condiments. I don't really make any condiments. I like them. Same. I like the idea of making them, but when it comes down to it, I just never can quite. Except for mayo, I do make mayo because it's so easy. It's almost as fast as getting a jar of mayo out of the fridge. Almost. So you do that like every because I have not done that. I mean, I've tried mayo, but then I'm like, if I have to make this every time I need mayo, it's gonna annoy me. So sounds like you're. You've got yeah, it's it's just or you have a yeah. So that. once you have the recipe memorized, it's just really easy. It's literally just put an egg in, add some uh, lemon juice, a little bit of salt. Trying to think of what else, and then add the oil on top, and then the immersion blender. So it's really quick. But I also don't use mayo that much. Whereas like ketchup, we use a little bit more often. Okay. So. Yes. How long will the mayo keep? Yeah, this is something you're gonna want to have to remake. You would quite probably right? want to make it just about every time you need it. So if you're gonna make, yeah, we we will go through because the, the recipe that I use makes about a cup of mayo. So it's really not hard if you're all having sandwiches or you're making a mayo based egg salad or something like that. But yeah, sure. I mean, I don't really know how long it keeps, but I definitely wouldn't go too long considering it's just raw eggs. Totally, yeah. Agree. I, I would say my convenience foods are yeah. very similar to yours. I, I've done a lot of tortillas. I have a really popular tortilla recipe on my blog, and I'm always like, yeah. mm, don't make it as much as I people. think people forget that. <laughs> like, it's fun. They're about delicious. bloggers. That, like, because yeah. you've made it, you like it, you shared it, doesn't mean that forever and always you're always doing that. Yeah. They take, well, I mean, especially if you have a lot of people, if you're doing taco night with friends or a large family, like you'll spend your whole yeah, day making yeah. those tortillas. And, oh, and yeah, pasta. I buy jo- bo- lots of and boxes I, yeah. of einkorn pasta. Hmm. I love the jovial einkorn okay, pasta. Yes. Yes. That's good stuff. Um, I also do granola. Yeah. I know how to make it. <laughs> and I, my kids think it's like, cause we don't do cereal. So that's yeah. like a big deal to yeah, when you have raw granola. milk. From, we use from Azure. Azure's oh, really okay. Good. I haven't gotten any from Azure. I need to do that. I I, I buy Azure, yeah, but I haven't it's good. gotten any of their granola. Yeah, it's big old bags. Okay. So. Hey, that sounds like, <laughs> like our kind of granola. Got to yeah. be more affordable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness. Um, so for someone who, I know you said you had a couple menu planning eBooks for someone who is a little more structured than we are, and it would feel better to have things planned out. Do your books offer like more of that structure or do you have a resource? Yes. That would provide so that? they have monthly shopping. I'm trying to, th- I should have figured this out earlier, but I'm trying to find my, my bit.ly link. Um, they have a monthly shopping list and then they have a meal for each day. I have a cold weather one. I actually have a fall one and a summer one. But really, because I'm not yet ready to make my spring and my winter, people are like, are you going to make the winter one? I'm like, oh, that was a lot of work. Um, I'm just going to call on my cold weather and my my uh, my warm weather one. But yeah, 
Yeah. That works. Yes. So we will grab those there and you go. put that them works. in the show that's, notes. That's, I um, forgot about for that. For folks. Yeah. That yeah. Works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll, that way you guys can check it out. If you're, you know, there's really not a wrong way or a right way to do it. I, I think more than anything, it's just giving yourself grace. It, just go with your personality. Like as long as you are able to get something on the table and it doesn't make your life feel miserable, I feel like yeah, that's good. There's that's there's more than really one way to start. do it, and certain things definitely make some people feel more comfortable and better with their life. I remember on Sunday nights, whenever I kind of forgot that was an option that you could just wing it and that was okay. Looking through Pinterest and trying to like get my menu plan together and get all of the grocery lists for all of the weird ingredients I needed. And it was definitely more stressful than just having a rhythm and a routine and falling into that less structured, flexible type of strategy. Absolutely. Any other final tips for listeners who are maybe struggling? My, my one tip is to make sure to get yourself some good salt and fat and make Mm -hmm. an herbs and you, can, you know, that's to me, a lot of times I think we, we're really craving something that's good, something that t- is properly seasoned. And I, you know, I, a lot of that can cover a lot of your, of your cooking mistakes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think a lot of folks are eating. I do too. Food. I do. I try. I'm like, well, anyway, no wonder you don't like I homemade food. <laughs> Put some salt and fat in that. Yes. Some herbs. So I'm like, people are like, oh, you cook so well. And I'm like, salt. I really don't cook. I'm yeah. not fancy at all. It's just yeah, I put salt, salt in it. <laughs> so. I know. But that's why people, I think sometimes people want to go to restaurants because they're like, it's just so good. I'm like, it's just salty. That's all it is. It's salt and fat. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you throw some herbs in there, like you're, it's full on Michelin exactly. star Exactly. Like level. learn like, to do a few like, things, like sear yeah. and add that salt. You're good. Yeah, Absolutely. So where can folks find you if they're not already following you? I'm assuming most are, but just give us a reminder. I have the podcast, Simple Farmhouse Life Podcast. I'm also on YouTube, Instagram, um, my blog, all Farmhouse on Boone. So you guys will really enjoy Lisa's content. Um, It's just down-home wholesome, stay-at-home mom, homesteading, all the good stuff. So go follow her. And now we're going to switch recording studios and I'm going to come over to your studio, virtual studio, of course, and record an episode for your podcast. So you guys finish listening to this one and then head on over to her podcast and hear the rest of the conversation. Awesome. Thanks for coming, Lisa. This was super fun.